This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and any education is incidental. While the host may use clean language, the content that you're talking about has no such guarantees. Between them, Heather and Nicole have over 40 years of music experience and over 40 years of dance. Point and Play is where they sit down with you to talk about their thoughts and opinions. Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Nicole. And today is our part two of our question series from Ava. Um, We are going to talk about why there is some redundancy in note names, specifically sharps and flats, and what happens there. Why do we have two? Why are they different (laughs) ways of naming the same quote-unquote pitch, if that is accurate? Yeah. That's how people think of it anyway. Yeah. And and we might, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna keep it to that, and then we. This is only part two. We're gonna have more parts to this. We will explore other things like chord names and like, um, just key signatures and time signatures later. Even though those involve charts and flats. Yeah. So this is specific. Right. Why it's a specifically note. just the notation. Yeah. yeah. Why can it be referred to as a sharp and a flat, and why do we choose that? Okay, so the first thing to know, and I don't remember if I said this in part one, if I did, awesome, and if for some reason you haven't listened to part one in a while, even if I did say it, I'm still going to say it again. Music and music notation is all based off of structures and patterns. In Western music and Western music notation, we want things to make sense, kind of once you learn the language, so to speak. Which is very difficult because, at least in my experience, a lot of times things are kind of taught to, especially students in like middle and high school, kind of in piecemeal. You're not taught why and you're not handed the structure. You're just told, memorize this. And you're like, okay, that's weird. And then later you're told, memorize this other thing. And you're like, okay, fine. And then two or three years later or whatever, somebody goes, oh, yeah, they're both the same. They have the same cause. They're the same structure. That's why they have the same thing. And you're like, oh, wait, what? (laughs) Or that never happens to you and you just have to memorize a lot of things and it just is what it is. And that's kind of frustrating. So also having it explained to you before you memorized it usually makes no sense. (laughs) Yeah, it usually makes no sense without any experience. There needs to be some level of, like, tailoring of instruction to your kids, and there needs to be some level of, like, here are some examples. Okay, tune in if you want the explanation, and if that's too much, you don't have to memorize this. Here's your explanation. Like, there needs to be some level of that, but Mm -hmm. it's that's a hard balance to strike, honestly. Um, Especially with a group. Um, I know when in, in my instruction that I do, I have a little bit of it, uh like it's a little bit easier for me because i'm teaching usually one maybe two people at a time (laughs) for music and i can give them what they need yeah yeah and it doesn't matter because i just teach what they will help them to understand the most anyways so sharps and flats so in again western music notation um we label five of our 12 tones after letters of the alphabet i'm sorry we label seven of our five five. times after letters of the (laughs) alphabet 
And then the other five are in between pitches. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking how, at it. Now, yeah. some of you <laughs> picturing this or who have some music knowledge are like, well, yes, Nicole, but that doesn't mathematically line up <laughs> because there's seven and then five. You're going to have gaps. You're correct. There are two pairs of notes that have a gap where they do not have a key in between them. I was going to say, if you're so literally if looking you're, at a piano keyboard, we're yeah. talking like the letters of the alphabet are your white notes, and then the in-betweens mm-hmm. are your black notes for those those five. Anyway, continue. On a piano, yeah. specifically. It's yeah. a good visual. So if, if you you're are thinking along. without an instrument... Letter-wise, mm-hmm. you have A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and that starts over at A. Your gaps are in between B and C and in between E and F. Okay. So on a keyboard, on a piano, that will work out so that you have groups of three black keys and then two black keys alternating. On other instruments, you just, most of the time, you just kind of have to memorize where those gaps are. Um. Which is why, quite frankly, a lot of times, even if my student is not a piano student, I will still draw what ends up looking like a keyboard, <laughs> even if I only literally write down letters and put little arrows, <laughs> like because that's the the format it's a good where it kind of makes for sense. A visual representation of a lot of stuff that takes place, even if the that's not an accident. Yeah. A lot of that stuff was the the piano was kind of designed to be that. Um. It's a very good. It's a very uh, good a, tool, even if it's not your instrument you're actually teaching. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happens when you have already kind of a little bit established a lot of your music system. Not all of it, but like a good chunk of it, and then you create an instrument later. <laughs> Fair. That's very true. <laughs> like that is kind of what happened with the piano. It's in some ways. So, you know. Uh, it, it's not an accident that it makes sense visually because it was created to make sense visually. Um, and especially with our modern piano, which is not the original, mm-hmm. like we have <laughs> adapted it even a little bit more. But anyways, this is not a, a episode about the we piano. We should do one though. Um, we should talk about, about how it, we how will. it's evolved. Anyway. Oh boy. <laughs> Heather's assigning, Heather's assigning me research homework because I don't know all the pieces Heather's to that. assigning herself <laughs> no, I'm research just kidding. homework. Actually, I'll do that That's one. fair. That's fair. Um, anyway, sharps and flats. <laughs> anyways, so sharps and flats. There is a couple of different patterns. More than a couple. There are several different patterns in music. Um, these are all made up of different what we call intervals, which is just the space between notes. And the patterns that you kind of get exposed to most often in western music especially in classical training is what's called a major scale and a a, uh, natural minor scale so basically what happens is you start on a pitch it doesn't matter what it is and to go up to the next note you're going to play you either go up two notes or you go up one note and then you have you go up two notes and then two notes and then one note and then two notes and then two notes and then two notes and then one note and you're back at the beginning. It's a pattern of how many pitches you're going up to play the next pitch, how many keys you're skipping. Okay. So here's what happens with sharps and flats. A sharp or a flat is your modifier that you put on the letter to tell you what you're actually playing. If you're playing a B flat, you're not playing a B. You're playing the black key that is right below B. Flat means go down. Sharp means go up. 
So what happens is in our scale patterns, it would get very messy for mathematical reasons (laughs) if we only had one name for each key. Because what would happen is, so we have some of these, these patterns have some, there's two spots where you don't skip a note. You just go to immediately to the one next to it, right? Um, it gets harder to read if, let's for say, for example, that what we call a half step where you go up to literally that next note. You don't skip any pitches. Let's say you had an A and then an A sharp. So you have two A's visually because on your music, we don't have a special place to put those sharps and flats to put those black keys. You only have lines and spaces on a music staff for your seven um, letter pitches. You don't have 12. You only have seven. (laughs) And then that seven repeats over and over, which is how you get more lines and spaces in your staff. But the thing that having two names for those black keys does, and I will get to this in a second, two names for a couple of the white keys. I was just thinking about that. It allows you to have the same pattern over and over and start scales, start patterns on different pitches. But when you write out a scale, every letter happens one time instead of say, two A's, and then skipping B entirely. It's easier to read. It's consistent. You can look at a key signature and you just know, okay, well, if I start on all of the white keys and I just move this finger to a black key and this finger to a black key and this finger to a black key, that's it. I will never play A natural. I will always play A sharp or whatever it is. Legit, before you jump to the, the white notes, I, as mm-hmm. a percussionist, specifically, whenever I am looking at a marimba or xylophone and am about to play in a key, I will take my fingers and put it on what are the black notes. And I will then, I will put it <laughs> on the white notes and I will move it to the black notes yeah. in order to set the key in my mind and know what I should be playing. I can't always yeah. do that when there's a key change in the middle of the song. Um, but it is one <laughs> of the fastest ways for me to set myself into a key especially when i like right now i'm not at rehearsals very often i pretty much have been showing up for the rehearsal right before the performance and then the performance that's been its own fun challenge but it means that i got to get familiar with that music really quickly and literally going okay bottom keys because they're not black and white on a marimba or xylophone um but okay so we're in we're just in C, great. I'm not moving anywhere. Or we're specifically in B flat. All right. So I'm putting my finger here and here. Okay, cool. And that's just a really fast thing that I figured out how to do in high school, I think, is when I started doing that. And I have seen like two other people in my life physically do that same thing. Um, But it is a very fast way to lock in the key for someone who's familiar with what the different ones are. But then the question is, Nicole, what white keys get the sharps and flats and why okay so those gaps that we have between c and b and between e and f <laughs> uh a scale has seven pitches sorry i thought the major and minor scales have seven pitches my brain thought that you said c and e 
and then you said E and F. No. And, but you said B, but it took me. I did say B. It took me a second. As in, <laughs> yep, okay. Yeah, C, C as in cake, and B as in boy. <laughs> and then E as in elephant, and F as in fish. <laughs> okay, continue. Those letters. <laughs> okay. Um, so a, a scale pattern that has seven notes, major and minor scales especially, which are the ones, again, people kind of encounter the most, especially in early music. Um, those have, again, one, one letter, one pitch per letter when you write them out, right? There are scales where you end up playing, um, an F natural and also an F flat or an E natural and also an E sharp. I'm sorry. E flat and E sharp. E flat and then F. Or um, I'm saying this really weirdly. <laughs> there are scales where you need an E sharp, which would be F. And there are scales where you need an F flat, which would be E, because you already have the other one. Does that make sense? And it's also, there are some scales as you're playing them that so you, yeah. you aren't going to play the E key itself because it is for whatever reason an E sharp, but that's like that's not just well. No, bass. you are. You are gonna. So yeah. what will happen is if you have an E flat, but you also have an E natural. I'm explaining this much better the second there time now that I've thought got my words together. <laughs> if you have, there are scales where if you just look at them as a straight pitch, you are going to play yeah. sorry an E flat, and you are also going to play an E natural, but you don't want to put two E's and then skip F entirely. So you're going to write that E natural as an F flat. I guess my And my now you have from, one pitch per letter again. My brain had jumped from the scale to like actual music where you will have... Oh, will have no, it. we're not yeah. talking accidentals. My, that's what my brain and just I did, by the way, guys. So my brain was like, yeah, <laughs> no, you'll have the E sharp, but it doesn't mean that you'll hit the... No, but in, a, in the scale that is the in key the scale, that you are playing in, you are going to have Now, that. some of you might be wondering, especially if you have a little bit of beginning music knowledge... Why does it have to be an E flat? Why can't it be a D sharp? Because in these scales, both for pattern reasons and because logistically it'll work out this way, you are going to also have a D flat. So it doesn't, even if you shifted that E flat to be a D sharp, you've now just changed where your problem is. And so you're going to have two D's instead of two E's. That's not actually better. <laughs> um, and also pattern wise, we don't like to mix in a key signature. There's no reason to mix sharps and flats. Your your key is either going to have all sharps or it's going to have all flats. And that doesn't mean anything for accidentals. That doesn't mean anything of a particular note in the middle of a song just has an accidental on it. You can do whatever you want there. But in the key signature, in the pattern that you are being handed, um, you're not going to cross sharps and flats because there's no reason to it doesn't help you and it just makes it messier to read and it doesn't it doesn't help Are you tired of watching your beloved characters being tortured by careless authors? 
Are you sick of feeling like they could have swapped out all of the painful action and the plot would remain untouched? Subscribe to Books That Burn, the fortnightly book review podcast focusing on fictional depictions of trauma. We assume that the characters' reactions are reasonable and focus on how badly or well they were served by their authors. Join us for our minor character spotlights, main character discussions, and favorite non-traumatic things in the dark books we love. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel. And you can so find you it at certainpov.com. <laughs> or wherever you get your podcast. video a couple times. Do you want to say what you had said about um, just the style okay. So the video mashup? that we listened to this time uh, is Enya's Ornoka Flow, but as a bardcore sea shanty, which is just amazing. So, bardcore is a style of song using instruments from, like, medieval slash renaissance, which is a very large span of time, but the instruments more prevalent during those times, and style and cadence that is more reminiscent of that time, but taking modern songs and then transforming it into that. And then the sea shanty or worker song are songs that are very rhythmic and used to... Um, raise morale and to keep people working together they, and in time. They made it an actual call and response and all of that. instead of just and Enya Enya's being echoed Orinoco with herself. Flow is and they a did a little bit of cadence differential, song, but that could also have been just the bardcore. Um, has with the a really good beat itself. to it and everything, and so um, making it bardcore. It's it's is weird just because gorgeous, and then by doing that, it just. Well, I, it's a, it's weird because it's an amalgamation of like to make it into a sea shanty. They literally just so many things, and and it's so it's it's not yeah. it's not it's not all of any one thing. It's not just but that's all you had to it's do. It's not a sea shanty or a, like it's not a song from the Renaissance, you know. But but it's it's this really exactly. cool, really nice. You just blend, do those tiny this nice tiny touches, and then all of a sudden things. it's a gorgeous and, sea shanty. Uh, and it's, I will say this because oh. I've listened to. I know Heather. You said you had so you had heard stuff. this exact version before. Um, it's a I've very listened to this channel too. for a while. I think this is the only channel that I really go to for like medieval bardcore type songs. I think it's the only one that mm-hmm. I actually follow, and it's very good. Yeah, they've done Adele. They've done Taylor Swift. They've done. Uh, I think they did some, mm-hmm. I, I want to say Rihanna. <laughs> they did like, like they, they just do a lot of different types of modern pop mainstream music. And I realize that that's like, me calling any of mainstream or pop. Adele or whatever, that like major pop pro- not, songs. Not the most accurate description, turned... but that is the majority of the things that they turn into this thing. Um, Yes, they take Probably. songs that they assume people will know. 
Sometimes they'll put it in a different, just a straight up different time signature. They just alter it a little bit for that emphasis is to be fit better. They take songs that have oh, gained a lot of traction uh, at some point. Oh no, I know what you're talking about. And then they make them, they change the instrument background. Sometimes they change a little bit of the rhythm. Yeah. Um, they, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Or a different key. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. what the song was, but there was one where they, I think, took it from minor to major. And it was wild. Yeah. But so this, the way that, so they didn't have to change much with <laughs> this particular song to just make it fit. Wait, what? <laughs> um, yeah. But then the song itself, I really love. Because I've never just looked at the lyrics because it's a real simple song. And as we're watching the video, my brain's going, Oh, I am such oh, a nerd of history. I know where that I'm city just looking was, at their and videos I know where that now. city is, and I know what they're talking um, about when they mention that place. They did Lean On by Major Lazer and DJ thing that I was like, uh, nope, no clue. They did Monster All by the rest of them, It's like, I know of stories of things in history it's that great. took place in those cities. I know that that city exists in ruins now, or that this one is mm-hmm. still a thriving metropolis. And <laughs> Boulevard of Broken Dreams. <laughs> Oh, it's a it's beautiful, just. Mm-hmm. You should definitely check out this channel if the idea of either just a different take on a modern pop song, or you wow, like, they have done a lot of um, K-pop. They have done Blackpink's "How You Like That." that are reminiscent of <laughs> they did era or N-Sync's whatever. Tearing up my and what's heart. really funny to me is the idea that if like you know you go to a what Renaissance festival candy? and you listen to people playing actual folk songs from you They've know done multiple. Ago, it's amazing. But what if you have that person who's playing multiple an instrumental N-Sync version songs. of they did Lincoln you know, Park Crawl? Shakira's hips don't lie. They did single ladies put a ring on it, which because of course they did. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They did it's the thong so song good. for anyone who remembers that. But it makes that. it takes the modern world and and meshes. <laughs> they it did with, WAP because of course um, they did, and they put instead of just saying it's just bardcore instrumental so well medieval, they said sort it. of bardcore. So what happened with that recording? <laughs> I just don't know, and I haven't seen it yet. Really. uh sometimes they change the lyrics to make it medieval language but to keep the meaning correct or as accurate as they can they did milkshake milkshake uh they did savage love (laughs) wow they have done more they have done more in sync than like not than anything else but they've done i do think also that a and lot sing of their over songs, and over and over and over. Some of the lyrics, like they've done several several K-pop songs, but those are by different groups. Yeah, 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 exactly. But they've done like five in sync songs. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're not singing they did, about like they did do Rihanna. Or, they did Umbrella. I was like, like I knew I remembered Rihanna was in here somewhere. Um, Anything yeah, else? Yeah. So the we're gonna have the link. Oh. Oh, yeah, maybe. 
Uh, yeah. So we, as always, will have this link yeah, on it's our a Twitter in our YouTube playlist versus the our, one artist the show notes for this episode. <laughs> But if you're just Someone's listening to this and you just really need to find this mm-hmm. YouTube channel right now, it's Stan Tough, S-T-A-N-T-O-U-G-H. I think, I think one of the Taylor Swift songs is what I'm thinking um, of in terms of that they and altered other, they the They do have a, a link to bit. their Facebook, so you, can, and so you can actually check in their SoundCloud and their Instagram and their Spotify. <laughs> so if you really need this sound. Twitter, I don't see linked up here. I mean, it might be. Oh, okay. They did the Mandalorian theme, if anyone cares about that. Oh, Taylor Swift, they did Love Story. Uh-oh. The question is, are they Twitter? On the show? that's where I know them. Oh, yeah. So it's probably not the same. There's someone <laughs> I, I follow on Twitter. I going to be Twitter actually horrible and not secretly I think cool. their name... Their name is Bardcore, and and it's just. I was gonna say, oh, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. I, one thing I will say. Oh, super quick, Mandalorian theme. Do you want to know what horrible <laughs> thing I learned about that, Nicole? Uh, the one thing I will say for this, it's a recorder orchestra. That I really enjoy is, I really like. <gasps> no, no, it's not action. It. I don't know if it's just we talk about that off, off recording have, first. <laughs> I think they have multiple singers. In no, it's, it's pretty uh, sure. Recorders. Might be wrong, but the Mandalorian theme is an I've never just sat down and listened to all of the videos in my heart. Uh, I listened to sporadically, randomly, but um, I I really enjoy the the commitment to what they are singing which sounds weird but like this is not somebody who changes lyrics so that they're straight or like they'll change lyrics to make them more renaissance or medieval or like they'll change the 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 text of the language but they they keep the meaning and i appreciate that um it's a weird kind of dedication to the source material because they are explicitly changing the source material um but well well they are they are but they're not they're not editing it to keep themselves from looking a certain way that tends to be more toxic they they did not do that from what i remember it's pretty cool Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're not making it their own new song. They are very clearly saying this is the original. Yeah. Yeah. They did uh, the Spectre by Alan Walker. And this one they did yeah. change the lyrics. But my, to my point is, like, if someone's listening to it, the, they're not like, look, we took bit. this song and it's totally a, a different bit. song that you've never heard before. It's <laughs> oh, very okay. much we are paying homage to the original song and doing something cool with it. <laughs> um, which is also very right, appreciated. On that note, let's go ahead and Zippy would like to add his comment, which is Scritch. 
because he has decided that I'm not allowed to fully focus on recording and I have to scratch his back now. Thank you for hanging out with us today. If you would like to interact with us on social media, you can find us at Point and Play on both Twitter and Instagram. To find all of our videos that we talk about on the podcast, as well as other things we think are interesting or important, head over to our Point and Play YouTube channel. If you would like to support us by dropping us some money, you can head over to either our monthly Patreon or our one-time payment Ko-fi link. All of these links are in the episode description. We'll see you next time.